What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Parker Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Brett Parker, and today we are reviewing Resident Evil Afterlife. And joining me for the fourth week of the six-week journey that is <laughs> Resident Evil is my good friend, Piggy Whisperer Ryan. Welcome back for more fun. <laughs> huh? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. How are we doing today? And are you ready to talk about this movie? I'm ready to talk about it because that means it's done. It means we're, <laughs> we're on to the next. Just means we're that it's much done. closer. To yeah, to never having to watch this again. Like, I... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I have many, many things to say about that. I didn't even dip my toe into the things I've got to say. Uh, it's gonna be, I got gonna, lots. This is going to be great. going to be really, really great. Um, like the rest of the movies. Yeah, right. I just got to do something real quick. Just making sure my chat works because for some reason I usually get an alert that says I'm live, but I didn't get that. So if anybody's in the chat, I can't see it. So I apologize. I don't even think it's working. Good. I Love mean, it. I. It's working for me. You probably not. <laughs> no. <sighs> Gotta love it. All right. Oh, there it is. All right. I just had to pop up a different window. <laughs> oh, man. I changed, you know, I changed my name on everything, so now every everything's just gonna be fun, you know. That's how it works. It all gets rough. Yep. Changing anything just gets rough. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, <laughs> with all that fun, um, yes, let's uh, let's talk about Resident Evil. Afterlife, and before we go into all the nitty gritty details of, you know, how much money this movie—I don't understand how this movie made so much money—but uh, let's, yeah, let's talk about what we thought of Resident Evil Afterlife, and of course, Piggy is going to take <laughs> off here. What I thought about this movie, I felt like it was a fever dream. Um, I still feel like it's a fever dream because it has so many things that reference back to like the third movie and the third movie said that the entire world was just a wasteland. Right. But like <laughs> the opening of the movie is in like Tokyo and Tokyo is just a thriving city of Tokyo. Like it's nothing special or even different and it's been, how many months has it been since everything went to shit in Raccoon City now? Yeah, I don't know. There's really no time frame of like, they, I, the only time you ever get a time frame is between, well, not even in the movie. You have to like look it up 
Like when you look at trivia, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, so RE2 and RE3, we're talking about the movies here, not the games. There's like a five year difference. You know, it's yeah. It, it, but it's like, and then which still didn't make any sense because in extinction, everything is desert. And then this one says that it's like three weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, the consistency <laughs> is very off. Alaska's an, a beautiful paradise filled with beautiful natural forests and stuff, which Alaska is, but like, wasn't it all desert? And why yeah. is Tokyo a functional city if the whole world was desert and everything right. went to ruin in extinction? Right. And like, and then on top of it, the fact that they're like, they're on top of this prison building. Yeah. They're on top of this prison building, and yep. why were there no zombies or prisoners in there? Why was there nothing? Why was it just empty? Oh, they well, they talked about that, didn't they? When they were in the prison, they said that they had they let said, them go, right? Yeah, that everything had opened up and everybody had left. But yeah. would that not mean that the fence was open and so were the doors? Right. Which means like yeah. there would be people in and out, especially zombies who just mindlessly wander. Okay. No, instead no. we have a totally empty barricaded prison and yeah. they're trying to go to Arcadia. Which Arcadia? There's an Arcadia, California, which they're in California. There's an Arcadia in Alaska. There's... <laughs> Like, there's so many different Arcadias along that coast that I was like, well, which one? Which one is the, like... And it turns out to be a damn ship. Yeah. Turns yeah. out to be the Arcadia okay. ship. It's like... <laughs> okay. That's... Sure. Cool. Fell! Makes sense when you're up and on there. Welcome in, buddy. I, I just have so many questions and complaints. And I feel like the movie could have been probably about 20 minutes long if we got rid of all the slow motion shots. Yeah, well, we, we also have to remember this was a uh, 3D movie when it was released. So the what's the best way to show you really cool 3D by making everything slow motion? Oh, my Lord. I mean, there's it's either you get slow motion or you get the ridiculous cuts where you don't know what's happening because it's just cutting from... Alice to the creature to Alice to a zombie to Alice to freaking Claire to like what can we just either can we either just focus on one person or we just zoom out and just get a room shot of them fighting they're all within close proximity it's not like one's on one side of the room one's on the other which would have been cooler like if you had that shot but you had a so it's I mean it's been like this for every movie in this franchise it's just so much either you get a, so much going on that you don't know what's actually going on <laughs> yeah or it's in slow mo slow motion which is just it's crazy I, yeah i just uh, <laughs> it was yeah. so much like when axeman axeman we're gonna call you the axeman um when he gets into prison yeah. There's a fighting scene where Alice like runs up on him and there was a solid 15 minute slow mo not 15 minute 15 second slow motion capture 
Yeah. Of her just like running at him from like four different angles, and then yeah. she just like slid under him. I was like, "What is? Oh I... Lord!" Oh. So they, yeah, uh, I called him uh, Pyramid Pyramid Head's like brother. It was like a sack head brother. I like literally when you first see him, you're like, did they literally just rip off pyramid head? Just didn't put the pyramid head on him. Like, is this, is this a creature in the games? This guy? He is? Yeah, but he doesn't have an ax. He has a chainsaw and he's from Uh, four. Okay. And he, he yells at you in Spanish and comes after you with a chainsaw and he's like running after you. Yeah. Um, but he does have the sack head. He does have like the nails in his face and stuff. And he is very large compared to a normal human being, but he's not this large. Yeah. So they just kind of took him and were like, what if him and Pyramid Head had a baby? Yeah. That's literally what it was. That's why I kept like in my notes, I think I just had him as like Pyramid Head's brother or his like sack headed cousin or something. Because <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I'm guessing this is just in the movie. He's just another tyrant, right? Yeah, that yeah. It just—I mean—that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Other than that, Which, it was like okay. <laughs> I'm real confused where, like, where the line is going to be drawn because I still don't know where it is. Is this actually just another tyrant, or was this guy, um, was he tested on, like, spoiler alert, on the Arcadia? Yeah, like, because they said that they were testing stuff. Yeah. But there's no information on that. Like, they don't actually tell you anything about it. They're just like, we need people. And that's it. But, so where did he come from? Is he just a really big dude who had zombie goop in him? Or is he tested on? I feel like we're never going to know. (laughs) I mean, if, I mean, I feel like he was probably part of the, the, um, nemesis program or something and it went wrong or it was something that they were attempting to experiment on and then everything went to shit and he escaped or but they don't say they don't tell you shit they're just like oh shit look at this big dude walking down the street where'd he come from i don't know he's just probably been wandering around for a while but there's no like at least with nemesis you figure you know it's matt you know they experimented on him he was a freaking you know he was a, a tool for umbrella to eradicate the city or make sure there was you know try to clear out the zombies or whatever the heck he was meant to be in apocalypse and then you had uh the doctor from the last one turn into the tyrant and you know who he was you had the backstory of why he became the tyrant. but then you get this guy and you're like who is he i don't know he's big and scary he's gonna probably fight people you know in a cool way um and yeah the fight scene between this guy and Alice and Claire, I liked it. I liked the fact, like they, you know, you got the the water everywhere and they got the the cool effects. But this was the one of those many scenes of this movie where you had to have everything happening in slow motion. Stop it! I think yeah. the only shot that I liked that was you know in slow motion and it was, of course, it was a three D effect um, because of like we said before, this movie was a three D movie when it was released. Um, was his, when he throws his axe and it comes yeah. towards the screen and then it hits the wall. I thought that was cool, but I'm glad we don't get this anymore. 
I'm so 3D movies are just not like I, I don't even know if they still make do they still make 3D movies? If they do, it's like for kids movies and stuff yeah. like that. Which, to be honest, animated movies are the best way of doing 3D, in my yes. opinion. You can get proper shading and stuff like that, whereas yeah. if you're doing live action, it's a lot harder to mimic the proper shading of them like coming out of the screen and stuff. Yeah. But it's And then you have to CGI the shading, which yeah. usually your brain can tell just enough that it's like, that's not normal. No. But this whole movie really could have been like a whole hour shorter yeah there was so much exposition and just like characters talking about shit that doesn't matter that you're never gonna have like any resolution to or it's never gonna go anywhere it's just kind of hey we just have this two guy these two people talking about just random stuff and it lasts for five minutes and you're like listen it, five minutes might not sound long but in a movie that was only an hour and a half. It's a long time of just like it was like Alice and uh, the oh God, what the heck is his name? Um, oh, what the heck? I gotta look at my notes now. I can't remember the I can't remember these characters' names. It's a fever dream. Exactly. Whole thing is just a fever exactly. dream. This, this movie didn't happen. Uh, Luther, uh, just like walking through the prison, just talking about whatever. It had nothing yeah. to do with anything. But so I, I do have a question that I do need explained, which happened in the prison. Oh boy. Why was Chris in jail? I don't know. <laughs> they killed a bunch of people and it's like, it's the zombie apocalypse. Like, yeah, yeah you kill people. <laughs> and they're like, no, he killed people and it was mean. And yeah. he's like, can I just get out, please? Like... If y'all don't know why he's locked up, why is he locked up? And I know that was Alice's whole point and whatever, but that is the weirdest segue into <laughs> having Chris in this situation. Right? And, and the thing, then the other thing was, is they, like, he tried, like, when Luther brings Alice down to his cell or to that, like, box or that cage he was in, and they're talking about him. And then Alice goes up and starts talking to him and he has, and he's like super intimidating, like he's supposed to be scary. That's why. Yeah, and you're like yeah. you're like, yeah, you know, you need yeah. me. And like say like acting all intimidating and all that. And it's like, bro, uh, I'm not intimidated by you. Uh the actor who played uh Chris Redfield, Wentworth Miller, uh not an not a super intimidating dude. No. Just just not. Uh <laughs> Probably, yeah, I mean, I I don't remember if Chris, I mean, was Chris an, like a intimidating guy in the games? No. Okay. Um, Chris is very much so like the expert. He's the one that has been through it, done it, been trained by more than one company to do it, and like whoever he's working for is going to get what they need done. That's yeah. Chris. He's not a scary guy. He's not mean. He's not some big burly guy who's gonna kill you. Whoa. Like he punched a damn said, boulder. Okay. Yeah, I Ooh. was gonna say that being said, he punched a boulder. So, <laughs> um, he could kill you, but he was yes. never a character. No. He was always trying to help and trying to just do his job and very like cut to the point and 
get right down to it kind of character. Yeah. So. Um, the you know, and then you had like there was some characters in the in this movie like Bennett. The I called him the evil mustache guy. He was uh looked like a generic like just a generic bad guy. And he was so useless. He was such a useless character. Even after he escapes and he goes to the Arcadia and then meets up with uh, Wesker and you're like, why? Why are you even here? Wesker doesn't need you. This dude is like superhuman. Like, he doesn't need your ass. Oh, my God. Wesker needs help. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, then of course, you know, with movies like this, with horror movies and, I mean... Do we even classify this as a horror? I guess you would put it in a horror movie category, especially when the no, no, I'm not. I don't think it is, and you don't think it is. But in re, like when you look at like when they classify this movie because it's Resident Evil, they're going to classify it as a horror action movie. Um, yeah, it was all horror, and I'm just like, you did us such a yeah. dirty deed. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not. It's this not a horror movie. This is just a crazy, over the top action movie with zombies in it because it's getting to the point where what's the point of the zombies anymore even though i think the zombies in this movie were much more intimidating and they did a lot more than they have in pretty much all the other ones except for maybe one because they were in such an enclosed environment in one it just seemed like there were more yeah where as they started going outside there was a lot but it didn't seem like a lot and they didn't do shit they're they're spread out and they can get away from them outside. Yeah. It's like you said, it's strictly being in an enclosed area with them that is the problem. They're not particularly fast, but they're not particularly slow. So you can always outrun them. The problem is, is their numbers. That's where yeah. zombies get scary, is their numbers. And they got rid of the numbers when the movies went outside. Yeah. As soon as you walk out those doors, like, nope. Now it's just an awe factor of like, look at all these zombies. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, amazing. Okay. Where's the, where's the mean guy? Where's the bad guy? (laughs) I have to say though, the thing that I did like, um, is that when, you know, they're like, yeah, we're outside and, it, you know, we're not, but we're still in, enclo- in an enclosed environment, especially when they're in the prison. Because, like, everywhere they encounter the zombies, it's not, like, in a wide open space. It's, like, on the rooftop. For one, I have a lot of questions. How the hell do those zombies get all the way up to that rooftop so fast? Yeah, yeah so fast. And, uh, you know, and, like, they were, like, the vents or the tunnel. It was all in cl- enclosed environments, even though they had access to bigger areas. So I, I liked that they did that to make it kind of, I, I'm not going to say scary because it wasn't scary, but like if it's to make it creepier, you know, if they're crawling through a tight, you know, tight area and then a zombie comes, comes through and starts to chase them or attack somebody or whatever. Um, and then the fight with the big brute, I'll call him a brute. That's a freaking, you know, it wasn't in like, it wasn't like they had a huge space. It was in this like small area of the prison. So I, I, I liked the decisions they made for those, you know, for those scenes instead of it being like, all right, we're going to fight in this, in the, in the street. It's in every fight with a zombie or with a, 
you know, with the brute or Wesker, it's all within a, a small area. So I guess that was fine. Um, Wesker's is absolutely bonkers in this movie, but I know he's crazy. I heard, I mean, I know he's bonkers in the games too. Like he gets, yeah. he gets to the stage somewhat in the games. I mean, as we, as we talk about how ridiculous these films are, um, the games aren't, you know, the games also went in a similar dis- direction when it got to five and six. Yes. It was, it, I mean, to be honest, five and six are similar in style to the movies. It's more of a running gun action oriented, uh, you know, game. Well, the games for five and six, they were more action packed and, you know, you're shooting a lot more and it's not about, uh, you know, conserving your ammo or your supplies or all that, like the original games were. And so I feel that's where your the games and the movies are kind of similar. Um, which is unfortunate because five and six are probably the two worst Resident Evil games they ever made. So (laughs) hey, I guess if you're going to copy, I guess if you're going to copy the, you know, the the games, you might as well go with the worst, huh? Oh boy. I'm really excited because I am currently playing through Resident Evil six and I recently played through Resident Evil five and we know that the movies don't line up very well to any of the other games, right? But Maybe Resident Evil 5, the movie, will line up with Resident Evil 5. So let's see if we go to, like, what was it? I think they went to Africa. Yeah, that was five. (laughs) Yeah, Resident Evil 5 was in Africa. Yeah, and Resident Evil 3, I mean, Resident Evil 6 is somewhere in Europe. Sidonia, there we go. They're in Sidonia or something. No, no, the rest of it's somewhere else. But anyways... (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna see because like these these movies these movies (laughs) just they completely and totally just got rid of any and all scary aspects after the first one they were just like yep get rid of it just throw it out the window no scary things we have no jump scares our jump scares are strictly very predictable things that have loud music. Yeah. And like there were so many times in the prison that they could have totally shifted everything into a nice horror movie. And then they were like, no, mm-mm, absolutely not. Only action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. The the thing of it is, is like. I actually to be honest, I enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed Extinction. I think Extinction for me, even though it is one of the best rated uh, Resident Evil movies on IMDb, uh, it's probably my least favorite. Well, so far, I mean, we still have two two more that I have never seen. Uh, this, this one was better than Extinction. I know we're going to do the rankings at the end, but I just want to state now, this one I had more fun with. I, you know, I laughed out loud. I've laughed out loud in every single one of these films. And I, you know, I know they're not meant to be laughed at. Uh, I don't feel that's what Paul Anderson was doing when he made these movies. He's like, (laughs) I want to make sure people laugh at this. Uh, They're comical, though, because some of the things that he chooses to do in them uh, are just bonkers. It's like literally this. These movies are bonkers. And it's just. They just did. It's just balls to the walls now. Like, who gives a shit? We're going to keep people are going to keep 
you know, seeing these movies, we're going to keep making them. And, you know, they, they got, uh, the thing is, is like, uh, Mila Jovich. I looked up how to say her name. That's how you say it. (laughs) Uh, She definitely draws people in because I think Alice is an interesting character. And I think, um, it's unfortunate that they had to create a brand new character when they made, when they made these movies. They, you yeah. know, especially with all the characters they had in Resident Evil up to this point, because I know not all the Resident Evil games were out at this time, but you still had, you know, you, I mean, of course the, the characters are showing up now. You got Chris Redfield in the movies now, but Claire was in the last one and, and this one you had Jill um, in two and in this one, we'll talk about that later. Um, so, but it's unfortunate that you had to draw people in by creating a brand new character, but then you also went away from the source material. You only just, like we've talked about before, they're just sprinkling shit in. They're like, hey guys, we want to make sure you, th- we want to make sure you know this is a Resident Evil movie, uh, because guess what? That guy's here. Hey, that person's here, but it's like, yeah, but you can't just do that. Like, oh my God. But that's that, I mean, but that's what they that's what they do now. That's what a lot of franchises do. They don't, you know, they, they want to come up with original ideas. And I think the, you know, when you look at like what Marvel has done with the MCU, they've changed a lot of their characters around um, to, I guess, you know, better fit their universe. But it's good because, you know, comic book characters can change all the time. I mean, how many different origins does Iron Man have or you know, Captain America, like these, they all have different origin stories that you can kind of just, you know, mix and match and do all things that make sense to, you know, when Iron Man came out in 2008, you had to make it relevant to that time. And the same with Captain America. But with this, it's like, you're, and it's not even just Resident Evil. This is most video game movies. They just did like, not everybody plays the game. So if you want people to know, like, for instance, the a good example, and I hope they stick to it, is uh, The Last of Us. They're making a show on HBO based on the first game. Literally, and from what I've known, I mean, they're probably going to put new things that aren't in the game into the show, but it's supposed to be a a series pretty much chronicling the first game. So the journey of Joel and Ellie through the first game with some added stuff probably in the beginning um, which is great because not everybody watched or played the game, but people yeah. need to know about this game because the story of The Last of Us is so good, in my opinion. I know there's people out there who have their say on how it might be overrated or whatever, but I'm talking about me. The Last of Us is a fantastic game with a fantastic story, and for people, and even if they literally copied it, you know, exactly from the game, I'm okay with that. I'll I'll rewatch The Last of Us as a show and then have people like for for example my wife, you know, she doesn't play video games. She never watched me play it. I would love but she I want her to watch watch it because I want her to see cuz the story is so good. These characters were so well developed and all that. And I feel Resident Evil they could have done the same, you know? Like take the game and just you know, yeah, the game wasn't great when it first came out. Resident Evil 1 was kind of weird especially no, I, the voice acting being terrible you know it's on a ps1 ps1 graphics weren't great um but there was something there you know so with resident evil one there was enough of a vague story that you could have gotten an entire movie out of it um 
And the mansion was such a big part, and it still is such a big part of Resident Evil that, like, if you don't know the layout of the original mansion by heart, chances are you're not a Resident Evil fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's a single person who has grown up with this who doesn't know at least the basics of the layout of that place. And they could have easily just done that. It is modeled after a real mansion, so they could have just gone and filmed there. And Which would have been awesome. Right! And they could have included everything in there, and they could have explained things better. They could have done a one-by-one -one comparison and just had more storyline and more plot. And instead of having a bunch of zombies the way that they did, like, in, especially in these later movies where they have just giant hordes of them to be like, oh no, how will everybody get out of this? And it's like, yeah, okay, Alice is literally psychic. Yeah. That, they're gonna live. Another, but, yeah. Yeah, no, keep going. Like, I still can't get, get past that part. But they, they very easily, for the first movie, could have just done that. And then in the second movie, which the second movie is when the lab came in anyways, you could go back and visit the hive. And then third movie, they could have done everybody, like they could have actually followed this linear and then just kept going on. And to be fair, if they had done that with the movies in the first place, probably would have made more sense than the video games that happened. Yeah. yeah. But instead, they just decided to go with this weird alternate universe. Everybody seems to think that AUs are better for live action movies from video game adaptations. And it's like, no, it's okay. Like you said, for comics and stuff like that, there are so many different ones already. Yeah. That everybody's favorite is something different. So it's okay to kind of veer away from that, but you can still have the essence. These, you don't really get that option. You can't go super hardcore like this on the action because out of all the resident evil games the two that get the most hate are five and six yeah it's it's just a proven fact that those are the two most despised resident evil games out of all of them because they are too action-packed they are too much like call of duty yeah. and that's not what we want we want the horror and all about it's nice to have horror and the fighting like yeah. that's that's kind of why we fell in love with it. And and I'm not saying everybody. There are people who love 5 and 6. I am not that people. But, like, that's just the matter of fact. Yeah. And I think what happened was they did one a lot like the first game. They tried to do it like the first game, but from a different point of view with a different character and more explanation on, like, what actually happened down there. Yeah. And alternate universe almost. But they tried to pull from it a lot. And then in 2 and on, they were like, you know what? 5 and 6 were dope games. Right. We're going to just go that route. And that's all we're going to pay attention to. And it's just like, yep. you didn't pay attention to the actual people who liked Resident Evil, did you? <laughs> well, that yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, never, I never played 4, which I know is like people like a lot of people's favorite resident evil but they had a good mix i remember you know watching people play it and i, I was like okay it's a, it's a good mix it's just definitely different than resident evil you know one through three and i know the other ones like uh code veronica and zero and all that but 
it was a good mix. It was still like creepy. It had the creepy, like the horror factors, but it was, it was, you know, it was a lot more of a shooter. Um, but you still had to conserve, you know, your, you know, your ammo and, and supplies and all that, uh, you know, which, which I'm glad they went back to in, in seven and eight. Uh, but yeah, five and six was just kind of just a run and gun. Hey, there's zombies here. And it wasn't a horror game anymore. And that's what people liked about it. Like Resident Evil one, when I was a kid, I played it when I was a kid. That shit scared me. Yeah. Like it was it was a scary game. I remember you know walking down the hall and when you got the 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 zombie dogs jumping through the window, it actually made me jump. You know, not many games are like that anymore. Um, no. And it sucks when they venture away from it and they're just using the name and the characters as kind of just like yeah, as long as we keep the name Resident Evil and we keep the characters of like Chris Redfield and was it Claire in five and six too or was it Chris and somebody else? Not that it really matters, but in five, it's Sheva and I think it's Sheva and Leon. And then in six, it's Chris and it's Chris, Leon, Chris and Leon meet. I think it's the first time they meet. (laughs) And I was like, man, this tension. Why don't you two just kiss? Because they're like right here. They're like real mad at each other about Ada. And I was like, you both have a common thing. Like, just kiss. It's fine. But anyways, yeah. so six has Chris, Leon, some lady named Helena, and then some dude name, named Pierre's who has been on Chris's team before, I do believe. And then there's Sherry, which if you don't know or remember her, not in any of the movies, not in any of the games, but the one that she... But there is a replacement for her um, in the movies. Sherry is the little girl that in Resident Evil 2 you save. Um, And so she comes back and now she works like to kill zombies. And I'm just like, yeah. And also you have Wesker's son, which if he was so busy being a bioweapon, how did he have kids? Yeah, right. Bonkers. I don't. All I know is that we're 40 minutes, almost 40 minutes into the show, and we still have not even started talking about this movie. I apologize, but <laughs> it's just so much pre-stuff to talk about that it, 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 the reason behind us talking about all this is because this movie is bonkers, and it's it's venturing as, as this franchise goes, um, as it ventures farther, you know, along, it's just... It doesn't make any sense anymore. Like there's so much like, and it's crazy when the same guy is writing every movie and they and, don't and, connect. No. And there's no consistency. How, how are you going to have one thing happen in the other movie and then just completely ignore it and be like, everything is everything happened differently, but some things that happened in the last movie, we will be consistent to in this. And you're like, well, okay, what the, the thing that really just bothers me is Paul W. Sanderson directed, and I believe he he might have wrote Mortal Kombat. So he did that in 1995. And as weird as that movie was for a movie made in 95, it was somewhat, you know, it was a Mortal Kombat movie. It yeah. was a movie about a fighting tournament. And it, you know, there's not much to go on with Mortal Kombat. Well, now there is. They have so much lore now. But I feel he did a good job for what he could do at that time. And I believe yeah. that was his 
it might have been his first movie he directed, first mainstream movie. And so when I remember seeing, uh, well, I didn't know, like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really pay attention to, like, the director or whatever, um, except if it's Steven Spielberg, because that he's my idol. I didn't know that this guy was the same guy who directed that, and so I remember watching the first Resident Evil going, okay, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't the game. And then I saw that it was Paul W.S. Anderson who directed it, and I was like, why? You did, I feel you did so well with Mortal Kombat, even though it has its detractors and people don't like it and whatever, but it was Mortal Kombat. They had characters from Mortal Kombat in it that fought, and it was cool at the time, but it was a Mortal Kombat movie. So why couldn't you just make a good Resident Evil movie? And then you just kept... Like, you wrote all of them. It's not like somebody else came in for two and three and just rewrote what you, your lore or, or where you were going with this. No, you wrote every single one of these movies, and they just became crazier and crazier and they just didn't make any sense and that's where we're at with resident evil afterlife and just think we have two more of these where are they gonna go what is going on and i think it's a safe assumption that mr anderson wrote every single resident evil Within just like a constant string of days and nights being awake. Yeah. I feel like he kind of like skimmed the TLDR like Wikipedia of all the games and then was like, I can do this. And then realized that writing a script takes like several weeks. And so he tried to bust out every single script within a day. And he was just fueled by energy drinks and insanity. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. 100%. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about this movie. Uh, Resident Evil Afterlife was released September 2nd, 2010 in Tokyo. And a week later, or eight days later, on September 10th, 2010, uh, which was, uh, you know, this movie always comes around my birthday. These movies were released. So it's two weeks before my uh, 20th birthday or no 19th birthday. Sorry. Uh, budgeted at $60 million and made worldwide box office of $300.2 million. This movie made almost 150 million more than extinction. I believe extinction clocked in at 148 so yeah and of course because this was a movie that came out in the late 2000s early 2010s uh this was the 3d era this is when like every action movie was or just live action movie everything was in 3d everything you gotta think the year before this was avatar which actually was good in 3D. I do remember seeing that in 3D. Uh, but yeah, everything that came out between like 2009 to like 2013, so I'm just, that's kind of a rough estimate. That was a th- the 3D era where everything was just 3D. Okay. And you can tell when this movie, if anyone here has ever seen this movie, you know this is a typical 3D movie because everything's being thrown at your face. A lot. Um, again, this was written by Paul W.S. Anderson, but this is also his return to the director's chair. His first time directing a Resident Evil since the original Resident Evil. So an eight-year 
hiatus uh, for being the director, but he did write all six films, and this is his return back to the director's chair, and he will, of course, be the director for uh, Retribution and the final chapter because he needed to right the wrongs, you know? Even though he wrote all these things. Crazy. Um, it came out to uh, generally negative reviews. I don't know why. Amazing. Uh, but yet still made a crazy amount of money. Uh, grossing a worldwide total of 300 million, Resident Evil Afterlife became the second highest grossing entry of the series. I guess based on budget. Or no, no, no. I'm, t- I'm probably talking about the um, the other the other films. Because uh, there are, like I said, there are two more movies after this. Uh, again, starring Mila jo- Jojovich. Of course, I learned how to say her name and then I completely screw it up. Uh, because she is the, you know, she's the poster child for this for these films. This is what people gets people in the theaters. All right. Pretty. I like the nice dress that she had in the first couple of movies. Yeah. Right. Uh. This movie got a 5.8 on IMDb, so it's actually the worst reviewed or yeah, worst reviewed movie on IMDb so far in the Resident Evil uh saga here. Uh but it won't be the worst as I believe one of the final two has like the worst IMDb rating for the Resident Evil series. But like I said before, I don't think this is the worst Resident Evil movie so far. No. So IMDb, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> so Wentworth uh, Miller, who played Chris Wed- uh, Redfield, he's also in uh, Prison Break. He said he was nervous about his character, Chris Redfield, being similar to his uh, Prison Break character. In both cases, he is in a prison, and his first lines are, I know a way out of here. Um, also, uh, he's just a very dry actor who probably is the same guy in everything he acts in. So yeah, it's he okay definitely- to be, <laughs> there's no distinction, um, between his characters. I've never seen prison break. I heard it was a great show. Uh, they probably should have hired the guy who played his brother in that show to be Chris Redfield. Cause that dude's a little bit more intimidating, even though you say Chris is not an intimidating guy, but this guy just didn't fit that role for me. Chris didn't think he was terrible, but whatever. Like, I, yeah, I I didn't really feel like this guy was Chris. Honestly, I didn't I don't feel like a lot of the characters are themselves. Um, I think Jill Valentine is the only one that I was like, yeah. And it's because they literally CGI'd her to look this to look similar to her character in the game. Man. But like. Chris doesn't look like Chris. Claire doesn't look like Claire. And not only do they not really look like the characters, but they also don't act like the characters. So it's like, they, they just have a name. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. So. This is the first uh, video game movie to be put out in 3D. Because like we said, this is the 3D era. Uh... So, uh, to ref- you know, the beginning scene definitely confused me. The whole rain scene in Tokyo. It was just very confusing to what we already had seen before. So, what the fuck? But, according to IMDb trivia, which is where I pull a lot of my trivia from because, I mean, why not? Uh, 
The first scene in the beginning of the T-virus infection in Japan, it takes place years before the main plot of the film. So I'm guessing this is, you know, when the outbreak happens at the hive uh, in Resident Evil, this had to have taken place at a similar time. Because watching the last film, it was all desert, and they pretty much said how, like, nothing could survive. And then we see this opening scene of a girl sitting, standing in a road. It's raining in Tokyo where people are just walking around. So, yeah, it just makes it makes sense. But they don't explain that to you. It's kind of just you got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, like. And. So the beginning of the third movie is that the whole world is a desert and the oceans have been drying up. They're not dry, but they've been drying up and how nothing can survive here. And then the opening of this movie, which they explained that there was a there was a voice. It was Alice telling you this. And then in this one, they're like, here's Tokyo with zombies. And that's it. That's the end of it. And they don't tell you anything. And it's just so confusing. I thought this whole time that that was like just before this. So why did they even show it? (laughs) Why? It was unnecessary. There was no reason to show this scene. There was literally no reason. Why? Because the next scene in the facility is not the same time as the scene before. And it's not even the same facility. No, so why (laughs) did we need this? Oh, because we wanted to show you that the infection started somewhere else. Well, no shit. They explained that to us in the last movie when she's talking about how the there's like literally the world is fucked. Yeah. Why did we? I just don't understand. And why would it show Japan of all places? Like, right. I understand it's a heavily no. populated area. But it's an island. Well, they got to show Japan because, you know, it's Resident Evil. It's a Capcom game created in Japan. You know, Japan is going to have to make, you know, it's got to have some sort of appearance. Okay. Which, to be honest, it's- this could have, to be honest, it, and this is just a, a, a guess. This could have just been Capcom going, hey, could you just kind of reference Japan in every single one of these movies, even if it makes no goddamn sense? All right. Sure. I also think that now that you mentioned that it came out first in Japan, that they put this in strictly to have that. Take it out. But what? you could have made it make sense. <laughs> Rather than just being like, hey, there's zombies in Japan. Like, when the whole world went to shit, there were zombies in Japan too. Like, yeah, that's how you went about this. Okay, like for all I know, they could have just gone to Japan. Yeah, like yeah. it would have made more sense in my mind if they were like, we have to go to the facility in Japan, and then it would have been like, oh, that's where it all ties in. Great. No, no. <laughs> also, I have to say, this movie, uh, it felt way less violent. Like it was violent, but it wasn't as like bloody. Yeah. And uh, fun fact, it's the first Resident Evil movie that doesn't have nudity in it. I noticed that. Uh, I actually commented to all my friends that they must not be very dedicated to the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sean Roberts, who played Wesker, and he, I believe he plays Wesker for the rest of the series, uh, he actually auditioned to play Chris Redfield, but uh, Westford, Westworth Miller, what a name, uh, got 
Chris Redfield, and so he then auditioned for Wesker. And to be honest, I don't think he's terrible. He looks he he looks similar to Wesker from the games. Uh, kind of yeah. like beefier though. Like he's like I wouldn't want to yeah. fuck with that dude, even if he wasn't a superhuman. Um, but I I thought he did decent. You know, as as the bad guy, the things that he does in the movie are just absolutely bonkers. Um, they also don't make sense, just like no. that opening. Yeah. But yeah, he he was a moderately decent Wesker. I'm not displeased with him as a Wesker. That being said, now that you've said he was supposed to be Chris, like that he wanted to be Chris, I feel he would have been a better Chris overall. Yeah. Like he has a softer face, he has a softer complexion than the person who Wentworth who played him. Um he has a very like not even angry i wouldn't say it's angry it's like he's just really displeased with everything yeah and chris doesn't look like that so it's just like <laughs> not, um, not the biggest fan. uh the fight scene between chris and claire at the uh and against wesker at the end of the movie uh is almost identical to the fight in resident evil 5 where wesker fights chris and uh sheva so I guess that's a cool throwback to a game that's not very popular in the series, but hey, why not? If you're going to have Chris fighting Wesker, you got to put him, I guess, in that situation. Um, also, the the way that Wesker moves, where he's like super fast, I guess is yeah. also a reference to uh, the yeah. game. I think it it's, is a reference to the, to the Wesker and Leon fight in 4, as well as, I do believe, a portion of the fight in 5. Not a huge one, though. Yeah, the so vast Titan 4 is yeah. closer. It says the super speed that Albert Wesker manifests as well as his grudge against Chris and Claire Redfield are elements from the video games. His climatic fight with the Redfield siblings is reminiscent of two similar scenes from the games Resident Evil Code Veronica and Resident Evil 5. All right. Yeah. Whew. Now the TL of the movie that could have been 30 minutes. Yeah, I have eight pages of notes on this movie. Wild. <laughs> all it's right. just all over. It's a terrible <laughs> dream. Yep. We are literally almost an hour into the show and we have not gotten to the plot yet. Hey, yes. Here we go. <laughs> the plot of Resident Evil Afterlife or Resident Evil Afterlife 3D. Bum, so, the, bum. so the movie opens in the streets of Tokyo, Japan, as uh, it is pouring out, which uh, right now, I don't, I don't know, it was, it was like a monsoon where I live. So it's very similar to the opening scene of this movie. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, people walking around with umbrellas, um, kind of that's cool shot from the set. Listen, this shot, or this, this scene was, a, like, was, was good. It's like the cinematography was good. The shots were good. It just didn't make sense, and it didn't need to be in this movie. But I liked the way it looked, you know, it, uh, of course you get the slow motion of people walking by this woman who's just standing in the middle of a crosswalk, not, not using her, uh, umbrella and you get the really cool, like thumpy music going on as everything's happening. The um, music and the entire yeah. shot in the cinema behind it. Really? I was, I had super high hopes for this movie because of this. I was like, Oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, you get the scene in you get the shot where the guy is walking with his umbrella and he kind of looks at her weird because she's just standing there. She kind of looks like Samara from the ring, just kind of chilling in the middle of the street. And he looks at her and it's like that slow-mo shot of him looking at her and then her kind of you could see her eyes kind of look over to him. And then she just and then it goes from slow motion to normal time, like really fast, and she attacks him. Um yeah, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much what you get. And it's kind of a what the fuck is going on? What time is this? Where are we? Why is this happening? Um, especially when they tell you nothing. Like there's no opening scene going eight years ago or whatever. Give me a clarification when we, where where we're at right now. No. This makes no sense. Absolutely. And so again, this movie opens, well, when we get the, the, the credits there that shows the title card and all that, we get Alice going through the rundown of everything that's happening. Because in every single one of these movies, we need a breakdown from Alice on what is going on. Um, and of course, it's changing. And uh, it shows the rooftop. Uh, there's a sniper. I believe we're still in Japan. Right with that sniper that's on the roof. And then he's got like somebody down low. And they're shooting at zombies. I could be wrong, but they're speaking. Uh, I don't want to assume, but they're. I'm. I'm assuming it is Japan. The guy's speaking another language. Whatever. The guy. I feel like at that point, my face was already in my hands because I was like <laughs> very in distress about the fact that Japan was just totally fine. Right after all this. Eh. <laughs> And uh, it was a cool, cool thing because he, he, the sniper shoots one of the zombies, and he says "biohazard down," which is a cool throwback to. Well, it's a cool call to because Resident Evil is called "biohazard" in Japan, so it's kind of a nod to, you know, the re, you know Resident Evil's alternate name or actual name. Uh, and then so he's talking to his friend, and his and something happens in his earpiece. I think his partner is getting attacked so like he gets a lot of feedback and like screaming in his ear so he takes out the earpiece and then starts talking to him why did you take your earpiece out and then proceed to talk to him makes no sense you're an idiot um and then he gets attacked by a zombie and yay we move on so they are uh um we then find out they're umbrella workers for a facility somewhere I'm guessing Japan. I'm just going to say Japan because I feel like that's where it is. It's a facility uh, and we get that really unnecessary x-ray shot of the facility because we need that in every single Resident Evil movie showing like the inner workings of like where everybody's at and all that. And then we get Wesker. We meet the new Wesker because this is a new actor playing Wesker, which is to be honest, a huge improvement from the Wesker of Extinction who just looked like a dude who dyed his hair uh, whatever color and then wore some really cheap-ass sunglasses. This one looks a lot cooler. I like the actor a lot more. And uh, and he's always looking so serious wearing those sunglasses. But we got intruders. And when we see Alice rocking this, like, skin-tight outfit, she is, she's got her hair back. She's ready to kick some ass. She's got her little Uzis. She's running. Uh, she's got, well, actually, no, she starts running with the uh, 
She has like knives and katanas and stuff. And we get awesome slow-mo shots of her doing crazy flipsy doozies and, you know, running up the walls and just throwing things. And uh, yeah, and also we want to make sure you don't forget she has superpowers as she literally touches the ground and causes a like wave of destruction on the floor to knock out the rest of the or possibly probably kill uh, all the people <laughs> that, that are yeah. in front of her. And she's doing all this in heels, uh, let's let's just say, because the next shot is her walking and she's wearing heels and you're like, impressive, very impressive. Damn. Because yeah. I can barely walk in them, let alone fight people. Yeah. And then, so you think in this scene, this is Alice that we all know and we all know so well. No, this is one of the many Alices from the end of the film of from Extinction. Uh, no, this is the army of Alices because. Uh, they are expendable and they keep dying. Like they keep getting shot and you're like, oh no, Alice is dead. But then two more show up and they got guns and they're like jumping off of the freaking top of a parking garage or whatever the hell this is. And they're like shooting down and they're shooting. One gets shot. So now there's only one left. Drops down to where Wesker is. Wesker is a murderer. He literally is like trying to tell this guy to shut down the computer. The guy can't do it fast enough. Wesker just blows his brain out. Uh, yeah. and, uh, he then starts shooting at Alice and uh, yeah, like I said, Wesker's the one who actually shoots one of the two Alice's that, pro that propelled down. And then we get another awesome x-ray shot because we need more of these more. Just give me more x-ray shots. God, and they don't even get better. They're all the same. They all look terrible. Stop. They're it. all the exact same x-ray. Yeah. It's, it's so good. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. And Wesker is just taking damage. Like, he is an actual boss in a video game. He is getting grenades, like, thrown at his feet and blowing up, and he's just taking it like a champ. And his health bar is going down, but it's not quite there yet. So all these Alice's need to uh, to stop him. Uh, Wesker then... So the Alice's then all chase Wesker out to because he takes a... He steals one of the choppers. He goes out and then he needs to, he ends up blowing the facility up with this really weird like implosion bomb that like it blows up, but then it like sucks everything back in, which yeah. was actually a cool shot. Um, and you're like, and you're like, oh no, all the Alice's are dead because they were in there and they did not get out on time. Um, but he for one, he doesn't just destroy the goddamn facility. He like takes out the whole city, mm -hmm. like the 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 wave of this bomb just just completely obliterates uh Absolutely. the the whole city. And you're like, well, okay, fuck everything. Not that there's people there, uh, because it is a zombie apocalypse. So Wesker's on the chopper. He thinks he's out of the, you know, he's he's clear, and that's when the real Alice shows up. And she starts doing, you know, she thinks she has the upper hand on him. And nope, Wesker injects her with a drug that fights the T-virus, which I want to point out the T-virus literally looks like a T. What? No, the so T-virus is supposed to just stand for tyrant virus. No, it's an actual fucking T. Oh my god. 
They never actually looked into that, and they were like, it's just, it, it's called the T-virus because it looks like a T, and it's just like, yeah. no. And how? Okay, so there is a medicine that attaches and removes the T-virus. Yeah? Okay. Like, the way he explains it is it is it attaches and it just keeps it from doing stuff. Like, it's inactive in your body. You are no longer taken over by the T-virus. Yeah. <laughs> and you're telling me that we can't just get a nice little smoke bomb. Yep. And end this. Put it all in those people. They're probably going to fall over dead, which... That's better than them eating the people who are still alive. Yep. In my opinion. Yep. And it would fix this. I don't know. It's just bonkers. I, I just, just, I like the, to be honest, the, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense that, <laughs> that, you know, I just feel that like, what is Umbrella's ultimate objective here? Like, what is the ultimate goal? Because I still don't know. So. I, I, the goal in the movie started off that they were just creating bioweapons and it was supposed to be for war and stuff like that. They were supposed to be controllable bioweapons. And um, that's kind of what the B BSAA stands for, which the BSAA hasn't even come into the picture yet. But um, it's like... They they wanted a controllable, unkillable weapon. Yeah. Which none of their experiments have been that. Which in the first couple of movies they say that Alice is that. But the yeah. problem is they can't control her. So technically she's not that thing. And it's the same thing in the games. But like, I don't know what they're doing now. Yeah. Like they made a bunch of Alice's. But, and their whole thing was to show that the lab, like that all the Alice's were able to complete these tasks, like a lab rat in a puzzle. But they never tried to get one that they could control. Yeah. And they just kind of gave up on it because it would make a cool action scene. And it's. Yeah. I, yeah, I also <laughs> am completely So I don't hate that they made her mortal again. Like they made her yeah. just a regular person, but then she continues to do shit that, that a normal person couldn't do. So it made no sense to me why this even mattered, but whatever. She doesn't have her superpowers now. Um, and as Wesker is distracted, you know, pretty much she was going to kill Alice uh she pretty much is like yeah you might want to look out the window there and uh wesker yeah the chopper literally flies right into a mountain now that alice is immortal like she's not a super she doesn't have superpowers anymore how she survived this crash that thing is flying really fast into the side of a mountain and she gets out of it like 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 she just fell off her bike like oh man she's got some bumps and bruises i'm all right I'm like what the you just showed us that she can't, she doesn't have powers anymore. Holy crap. But, she's fine. but yeah. she's fine. So after that, 
we jump six months later and Alice is flying in a plane. This is when we get like the Blair Witch Project Alice edition because we get so many shots of her recording like a vlog of the things that are going on in the world or at least her journey trying to find the survivors up in Alaska because that's where she thought they were going which ultimately they did but then you know we see later that it it was for not uh but man Alaska's pretty like these are really great shots and I literally I looked at my wife like man we gotta go to we're going to Alaska at some point in our lives <laughs> Alaska's beautiful <laughs> yeah we need to go on vacation uh and then yeah of course so Alice is trying to go to Alaska she's trying to meet up with the survivors that flew away at the end of extinction which is Claire Kmart and then a bunch of random people we don't know their names um and to be honest the scene of her, like the outside scenes of the plane look great the inside scenes of her in the plane look terrible very bad digital effects there and uh, Alice is wearing a really but Alice is wearing a really cool like bomber jacket with like the floofies around and around her neck i was like okay all right i like your jacket and then but we always get that intense music for no reason at all nothing is happening on screen other than her flying and we're getting some like heavy metal like like yeah why uh four yeah she she then lands at a we're guessing a uh, an airport well, was an airport and there's just planes everywhere and she's now she's nervous because she's like oh well, I guess other people knew to come up here but she doesn't see the umbrella helicopter that Claire took so she goes through uh, and find then finds the helicopter on a beach and she then goes I'm going to go over to this log and do another freaking vlog session here because I need to tell whoever about what's going on and then that's where you see like a flash you don't see you see like it's a person which oh who are you and then she starts chasing him it back into the plane uh the airplane let's say graveyard oh and also alice finds her scrapbook that she gave to kmart before she flew away in extinction which had like you know where they need to go and a bunch of other notes that alice had been taking um, and also I put, I thought the oceans were gone, but I guess not. I don't really no. remember. I don't know. And like right exactly where they need to be for having beaches. Yeah. Also, this yeah. is 2010 and the video quality of her camcorder is God awful. What the fuck are you using? It's just terrible. Um, and then when she chases her, she leaves her camera on that log and then somehow gets it back. I guess she might have just went back. Not that it really matters. Um, and then, of course, Alice can't go anywhere without having the double pistols. She's got to have those double pistols. And she corners whoever it is into a plane. Doesn't know who it is. And then as she gets closer, somebody jumps out and starts attacking her and, you know, trying to fight her. And then uh, that's when Alice sees that she has like a spider bot like attached to her chest and she rips it off. I guess this is a reference to the game. I guess there's like that spider bot is in one of the games. It's uh it's attached in five to I do believe I wanna say it's Jill. Hmm. 
and she's yeah, so like it happens to jill and resident evil 5 yep you're, you're right yeah, she's like super ninja in there and you have to the whole point of like the fight is you have to get one character to like I think you have to get Chris to hold her back and then you got to use Sheva to like rip it off. But Sheva like gets on top of her chest and is like pulling it off. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like there's no way one person should have been able to remove this. Yeah. In the middle of the fight, Alice literally just grabs it and just rips it out like super easy. And you're no. like, oh, all right. Um, She asks. So you find out it's Claire. She asks who she is. Well, Alice asks Claire who are you or do you remember me? And she doesn't remember anything. So it's a very reminiscent to uh, Alice in the first movie and a few other characters throughout this franchise. It's just a common, common thing. People just forget things, but it's also probably because of the device that was attached to her chest. Um, or she was supposed to be transferred. Cause I know they show the scene later on where they all show up on the beach and they just start attaching those things to everybody. Yeah. I'm guessing Claire was supposed to be transported to the same facility. She escapes, but she still has the thing on her, which probably was pumping her up with drugs or doing whatever yeah. it was doing, which then made her not remember Alice or what the hell is going on. And it takes her a yeah. while to, to get her bearings and to remember who she is, which to be honest, I hate that. I hate when it takes forever for somebody to like figure it out. Like, uh, uh, like I'm spending 40 minutes of, of this movie just being like Claire sucks. Because she's literally useless. She's just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, the whole movie. You know, oh my god. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Let me slap my brother when he says he's my brother and explains that he's my brother and so does everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so then we have Alice and now clean looking uh, Claire flying in the plane heading towards L.A., and L.A. ain't looking so good these days. It is. They fly over the Hollywood sign that is literally like on fire. Uh, they but all the half of the buildings are either decrepit or on fire. Uh, but they see uh, a, a sign on top of a building that says stop. And there's about four people down there uh, trying to get this plane to stop. Uh, and oh, this is why at, while Alice is doing a vlog in the plane, talking to Claire, who's somewhat remembering things a little bit. And uh, I do like the line, though, where she's like, well, now that we've, you know, now that you, you know, we've talked, can you let me out of the restraint? She's like, maybe we should uh, get to know each other a little bit more <laughs> before I do that. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Be like, hey, oh, OK, yeah, sure. Why not? And then something bad happens. That's how stupid people die in movies. Yep. And as crazy as these movies are, Alice is not stupid. Alice is the one character that still makes kind of sense. Like her psychic yeah. powers were the only thing that I really question. Everything else kind of, it, it all makes a lot of sense coming from her. It's everybody else that like, but why? Yeah. But why? Why? What, what why? Is going on here? What was happening? Oh man. So we, uh, so this is very reminiscent to Dawn of the Dead. Um, in Dawn of the Dead, they have the scene on top of the roof of the mall where they're talking to another guy that's on a building across from the mall. And it's kind of like them talking about forth. It's kind of reminiscent to that. Of course, another well, like I've, we've talked about Dawn of the Dead many times on the show, especially since this is a zombie movie. Watch Dawn of the Dead. Those are actually good movies. And when I say movies, it's because there is a original Dawn of the Dead from... 
the 80s. And then there's the yeah. remake, the Zack Snyder remake from 2004. Both great. Go watch them. Skip these. Uh, we get the... F- <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, she then uh, she's going to try to figure out how to land on this roof, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, she flies over them, almost hitting everybody on the roof, which is like, what the fuck? And even the people on the like after they fly over the Bennett, which is the we call him the evil mustache guy, because he's literally got like the the generic evil must like the guy twirls his mustache. Uh, it was him and Luther. Um, they're pretty much like, what the fuck? Is she trying to kill us? It's like. Pretty much, man. It's crazy. Uh, but there's somehow we need to help. Yeah. <laughs> and you see a shot from the sky of like how many zombies are on the ground, and like you can't even see the street anymore. That's how many zombies are wandering around LA. Uh and then Alice then gets to the roof and lands the plane, but the roof isn't very big. And in reality, you couldn't do this. This is utterly impossible. Even if Absolutely. you were to hit the, even if you were to hit one edge of the building, and have that spit, you're still going to either flip the plane, or you're just going to fly right off the other side because there's no way you're slowing down that fast. Uh, and and the craziest part is is they stop at the end, so the the plane makes it to the other side, but it crashes through the wall and then is like hanging there. And Luther, listen, this guy is a big dude. But there's no way Luther is running up and hopping on the tail of this plane and perfect. Like it feels like he didn't even have to use any like effort, and the plane just boop and like did a pull up, and yeah. then the whole plane came down because that's how gravity works, right? Yeah. Oh, this 160 to 180 pound dude just tilted back a whole plane, and then. How did they get the plane back like to the middle of the roof? The thing was hanging off the side. There's no way you're pulling that thing off. Like pulling that thing back. I think you're better off just getting out of the plane and just letting the plane fall to the ground. Because that's what it should have done. That edge. You are ridiculous. You're done. You can't do it. You can't pull it back. You have to have something to pick it up and... Three to five people are not going to be strong enough to pick up an airplane of that size to be able to pick it up enough to get the tires back on. That's just insane. We then see. uh, So then after Alice and Claire get out of the plane, the survivors are talking about, oh, you're from Alaska. You have you have you been to Arcadia? And they're like, no, no, it's not real. It's not what we thought it was and everybody's all sad about it but then proceed to go hey look at this boat that's fucking called the arcadia what so you guys are all sad that arcadia isn't real meaning like it's not the alaska arcadia or like piggy said before there's one in california probably not what they were talking about they were talking about alaska uh that you're sad that that doesn't exist yet you you've known that there's a boat in the harbor that's called the Arcadia. So maybe you should have put two and two together a long ass time ago. Fucking idiots. <laughs> so dumb. Like, they're like, uh-uh, that one's fake. And yeah. it's like, oh man, Arcadia is fake. That's so sad. Like, oh no. And uh, then they're just like, they're, we got a boat out back. Well, what's it called? The Arcadia. They're like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so 
Oh, yeah, and then you had Luther trying to hit on Alice because he's famous. Such a dumb thing. You know, when they go around and they say, like, who everybody is, like, Luther was, like, a, f- a professional athlete. I don't know if he was a basketball player or whatever he was, but, yeah. So, you, you know who I am? Like, bro, it's a zombie apocalypse. She probably don't give two shits about who you are. Nah. And then they got to go through and they got to talk about each person. I think it was, I don't remember what Angel did. Angel was the Hispanic guy. I, I can't remember yeah. what his oc- occupation was before everything. But then you had, uh, oh boy, I'm trying to remember You're characters' names. Down in the basement, with, yep. who was Chris's best friend. Um, and then you had the Crystal. apprentice guy. Well, yeah, that was Kim Kim Young, which was yeah. uh, Bennett's uh, assistant or intern or whatever the hell he was, who pretty much was his little bitch boy. Uh, you had yeah. Luther, which we've talked about. Then you had Crystal, uh, which I, I was I was really no offense to any women out there that's named Crystal, but I really was assuming she was just going to say I was an adult an adult entertainment star, just because I'm sorry. It's, uh, but she, but to be honest, she did say she was an actress. Uh, and Bennett, who is the biggest piece of shit of this whole group, is a movie producer. And Luther has to yell, like, do you, do you, you know, in it, this isn't the only movie they do this in, but like some dude's an asshole and they got to be really loud about it. Luther's yeah. like, he's such a piece of shit. And you're like, oh, I don't, he already knows. He looks back like, yes, I know I am. Thank you. <laughs> Stupid. Um, So, yeah, so Claire starts remembering what happened in Alaska. She pretty much tells Alice about how they landed on the beach there, and then there were boats coming in with people, and they thought that they were there to help, but instead they worked for Umbrella, and they needed to get all the survivors and bring them back. Um, They attached those spider bot things to everybody's chest and tried to take them away. Claire somehow escaped. Didn't really get much more other than that, but you know that Kmart is still alive somewhere wherever uh she is which you don't know where she is at this point it's eight months since the previous movie yeah eight months that's is, it is that or was it eight wait, oh i have no it... idea i i anyways they might have so, said it I, I, I have no idea so we're gonna just say it's been eight months i think it has um like What did Claire eat for eight months? There's no animals. There's no animals. You like, I guess you could fish, but you need, you need supplies to be able to do that. Yeah. And like, even if it was eight weeks. So like they arrive on the beach and immediately they all get taken in by the people that work for the BSAA. And, um, or Umbrella, because I don't think they ever actually put the BSAA in here. Um, but when Umbrella dies, it, like, the company that was head of Umbrella and then just took everything over was the BSAA. Um, and so, like, okay, so they all got the little spider thingies. What did she eat? If she is being controlled, what did she eat? Did she just find random leaves and chew on those? Like, it's just, it's one of those things that you just don't. You're not supposed to ask questions. Exactly. Exactly. 
gonna make. I don't know if you're gonna put survival situations in the movie, at least explain them. Yeah. Uh, and then my next note is zombie survivor show happening. Where's Jeff Probes? I guess there was a scene that was very reminiscent to like a survivor show, and I don't remember what this was. So cool note from me. If anybody watches oh. this movie and figures out what the hell I'm talking about, let me know. Yeah, that I actually know the survivor. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it was um she was like living out in the forest and then they both meet up and like they make a fire and they're sitting there talking and she's like all tied up to the thing cuz it's oh, like a survivor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they're yeah, in yeah. the forest, but also there's a plane right there? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. I love when I make notes and I completely forget the scene that the note is about. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'll read it anyways. We then find out that this building was once a prison. I listen. I mean, there probably is, but I've never seen a prison like this. This is bonkers. Usually prisons, even prisons in the big city, like, like, you know, especially in L.A. Usually they're not in the middle of the city. Nope. Usually it's (laughs) it's usually like out there in like we're people aren't going to be going a lot. Um, so this was crazy. Uh, so we get the, we, yeah, we get the rundown of who everybody is. The, uh, Bennett, who was the evil mustache man was a dick movie producer. And Luther has to make that very well known that he's an asshole. Uh, there's a man in a box as, uh, Luther brings Alice around the prison. We meet, was it, what was the name? Wendell? Yeah, Wendell. He was, he, was, he was the guard. or Yeah, he was the guy watching the the box. Uh, and it, we find out it's Chris motherfucking Redfield. Ooh! Uh, and we then get a scene where Alice like put, brings out her like spread of blades and I was like, damn, is she a vampire hunter now too? Like she's on vampires and zombies? This is crazy. She just... Wow. Uh, we then get to scene where Wendell is reading some very not safe for work material, uh, which the funny thing is, is they say there's no nudity in this movie, but there is because on the cover of this magazine, or actually it shows a page of this magazine with a naked woman on it. Technically, yep. no characters in the movie are naked, but you do, do you do see nudity in this movie. So IMDb, you lied. And I'm you going to be to, very uh, yeah. perceptive of it, though. Exactly. <laughs> And we then see like a a weird like hole in the ground in the shower room. And I immediately thought of Pennywise from the 1990 <laughs> miniseries of It, where it was like the really weird effects where he comes out of the, the shower to scare uh, <laughs> one of the kids. <laughs> I was like, Pennywise, is that oh you? And then uh, we get to see the tyrant or the whatever the hell this guy is walking down the street, looking straight up like a pyramid head clone. But instead of the pyramid head, he has a bag over his head. Literally, this I was like, are we watching Silent Hill now? Like, what the hell is going on? Oh, man. And then we get a scene where Luther brings Alice to the showers. And of course, you, you, like immediately, because I had never seen this movie immediately. I'm like, is this where we're just going to get the most unnecessary nudity? Like, I, I was just envisioning that. I was like, we're just going to get this like w- unnecessary thing that they don't need to film, but they're going to do it because why not stay consistent to the other movies? But we don't. Thank God. 
Um, and she sees that Wendell is spying on her or Wendell's scared. You don't really know, but it's more like Wendell's just a perv and is spying on Alice as she's attempting or she's trying to take a shower. And then we meet the zombies, like a, zo- a couple zombies break into the uh, shower area. And and if is any have you ever seen the show The Strain? No. So these zombies, like they have the weird tongues that like spread out. Yeah. This show had vampires. I had a very similar, like they had, it would like shot out of their mouth and they would, that was how they bit people to turn them into vampires. And I was like, damn, this is literally the same thing. This is weird as hell. Why do zombies have these weird ass Um, tongues? So the, it's supposed to be a homage to homage. I don't know. To uh, four. Oh, okay. In four, they have the Las Plagas instead of the T virus, and they get the, they have like weird mouth thingies, and also their heads like split open and oh, yeah, like, which... like the dogs do. Yeah. In this one, actually. Yeah. We got advanced so, zombie pooches. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So we're all, all the group is together because I think Wendell ends up dying. Um, in this scene that one of the zombies uh, kills him and so now everybody's down by where Chris is being held and they're all arguing whether or not they should let Chris out and everybody's arguing it like Alice and Luther are like yeah there's probably a good idea he can help us and then that freaking Bennett guy oh I don't know we shouldn't do that and it's like dude why is this guy even locked up we talked about this before why is he even locked up but whatever, we get a really shitty reason why he's in there, and oh, so dumb. And then we get a really awesome brother-sister reunion between Chris and Claire, uh, where Claire doesn't remember him, and uh, Chris is just very awkward about it. Like, okay. And then Alice is like, yeah, let's, uh, well, she doesn't know shit, so don't worry about it. Then we get Baghead showing up to the main gate outside the prison as he takes his gigantic hammer and he politely knocks on the door to let him in, but they don't want to let him in. And this man is huge because he makes the zombies around him look very, very small. We then uh, get the scene where Alice, Chris, and I th- oh, what was her name? Crystal, who I just put down as the swim champ lady. That was literally why she was part of the scene because she's like, I was the swim champion in high school. And I was like, well, that's why you're here, and that's why you're gonna die. They need, it. yeah, they need. They're trying to find a armory, uh, which is on the other side of this flooded area of the prison. So they, so all three of them swim over, and they get to the other point, and then the and then Crystal dies. She gets attacked and really fast just gets like attacked and just dragged into the water and chris and Cla- or chris and alice for like they literally get over this girl's death within a second they're in the yeah. armory and they're laughing and shit and you're like man you just witnessed a woman just getting just murdered out there by a zombie and you guys don't care you guys forgot about it within a second kids in a candy store literally seconds after watching a woman die exactly uh, so we, yeah, we have, and then Luther and Claire are outside by the gate and they're trying to prevent a uh, big hammer boy and his friends from coming in and Claire gets about four or five headshots on this dude and he just eats them. He just absolutely eats them up. Doesn't affect him at all. Uh, and also 
I hate like if you're gonna do scenes underwater, can you make it so I can see where the fuck what is going on? No. It's so Absolutely. murky. It literally looked like I jumped in a pool that had just been chlorinated and I'm opening my eyes without goggles on. And all you just see is just silhouettes. It's terrible. Jaws came out in 1975 and had better underwater shots than this movie did. <laughs> Unreal. Terrible. Oh. And it doesn't make it suspenseful, okay? Because nothing happened. If it made it, if it was shot like that, and then it was like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Is a, is a fucking swimming zombie going to come out of somewhere? That would have made really it more interesting, but nothing happened. Or the zombie alligator, but I mean, I know it's uh, Los Angeles, but still, like, the zombie alligator. You could escape from the zoo. Yeah, exactly. Like, there could have been such good points there. Yeah. And no, nope, just a weird water scene. Uh... So yeah, the, the uh, crystal dies, the tentacle zombie attacks her, and then they go to the armory, and there's a lot of guns in the armory, and Alice is pumped. She's laughing. She is, like, giddy, as all be. It, like, completely, totally oblivious to the fact that that girl just got murdered, but we move on. Uh, so then... Uh, they let Chris out. They're outside. They're like, he, Chris is like, yeah, there is a tank vehicle in this garage. We can literally take this thing. We can bulldoze through all these zombies and get to, and go to the Arcadia, which was their, that's their new plan. Unfortunately, they go into the garage and find out the engine to the tank is not in the tank. And it that's when <laughs> fucking Bennett just whips out a gun and murders Angel. Because they asked, hey, how long is this end? What is it going to take to get this engine in the tank? And he said, oh, it'll take about a week. And Bennett just straight up murks this dude. Point blank. And then his fucking little crony there, who's not, he's just a little bitch ass boy who does everything that Bennett says, is like, why did you do that? And pretty much then Bennett determines, it, it, Bennett did it because he was going to steal the plane. Yep. Which then he when doesn't he take his buddy with him because he doesn't care about him. Not just that, but also Bennett couldn't have just left and taken the plane with him, like by himself before that. Yeah. Is that a thing that he could not have done alone while nobody was watching him? Exactly. Oh, like, man. It's this big giant thing instead and was like, yes. This is how we're going to get the airplane. So they find out Bennett's stealing the plane. Everybody goes back up to the roof. These people, for the elevators not working, they get to the roof really fast. All of them. So Bennett is taking off, and everybody's up there. Bennett, he gets off the roof, and it looks like he's going to crash. Everybody's all excited, like, yeah, he's going to die. And then he doesn't. And he makes it. Alice puts everybody in the elevator and they can't get the elevator go to go down. So Alice literally blows up the, the mechanism for the elevator and sends it crashing. Cause she's like, there's water underneath there. Uh, probably still would kill everybody. Even if it hit a, uh, a lot of water that had built up in the elevator shaft, uh, people are dying. Okay. The shock would have damaged somebody like, yeah. Your legs would be angry. People probably would have had broken ankles. Like, if they stayed standing up, if they stayed vertical, 
they would have damage and severe injuries. Yeah. And if they laid down, again, the shock, because it hits and then there's a pocket of water under it, right? Yeah. So it's like, there's just... <laughs> what? The it would have hurt. It would have hurt no matter what you did, and nobody seemed to be hurt. No. We then see Alice. So there's a lot of zombies on this rooftop. Don't know how they got up there so fast, but we just have to uh, just ignore it all. And then Alice decides she's going to throw a, a, a she, she throws down an explosive on the roof uh, and then proceeds to tie like a bungee cord on herself and then proceeds to swan dive off the side of this building and then the roof explodes behind her and you're like, I thought she didn't have superpowers anymore. How is she going to survive this? Oh, well, that expand your disbelief and just go with it. Because she goes, does some crazy slow motion shooting in midair as she's falling and then cuts herself from the cord within 25 feet of hitting the ground, which uh, even at, tw at 25 feet, you're hitting solid ground. You're, something's breaking. I don't care if you do a fucking army roll. You, 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 your knees are snapping. Things are breaking. Okay. But Alice doesn't have her powers anymore. Let's just... We got to yeah. remember that, okay? Human now, Holy but crap. didn't die from jumping 15 stories up. <sighs> so then we get Alice shooting more zombies, and there is just so much slow motion in the scene of her literally just shooting at the zombies, and you're like, why do we need all this slow motion? And then you remember it's a party. <laughs> but it wasn't even <laughs> scenes that were meant for 3D. It's just we need slow motion. Why? Exactly. Because <sighs> these people just, I feel it's like when you write an essay and you just put filler words in and stuff like that. Like that's what slow motion is to me is it's just filler because you have no idea what to put in the movie. Oh yeah. So especially when it's this much. Yep. Crazy. We then are back in the shower room uh, where we where everybody is going to go down the Pennywise hole. Uh, and as everybody's starting to go down, Claire and Alice are stuck in the room with Hammer Boy. Or maybe it's just Claire. I think Claire's the one who starts out the fight, and then Alice shows up later. Uh, and he's, man, he's swinging that axe really slow. And it's making her look like she has to move really fast, even though this dude isn't fast. And she does a really cool slide slow-mo shot of her shooting like his his face as she slides in between his legs. That would be so hard. You have to get him to lean over, to lean forward. Yeah. Why is he standing like that? Why is he standing with his legs so spread? Gotta have a wide berth. Oh, yeah, to hold that hammer. Uh. All of that, yeah. So yeah, so she she shoots him. He falls. She thinks he's dead. Um, but yeah, you get all the so much slow motion in this shot or in this entire scene. Uh, but then he gets back up, and his last his the last thing he does is he takes his hammer axe thing and throws it straight at the screen in slow motion. Because it's a 3D movie, it's coming right at your face. Which actually is probably the coolest 3D scene of the movie. I, I really liked it. And uh, after it hits the wall, Alice headshots him, 
to end his life pretty much just blows his head up and they get a really cool scene with they they look back at the thing stuck in the wall and they're like oh shit <laughs> all right and i literally was like what the fuck did i just watch for the last five minutes this was utter craziness like insane you watched a bathroom brawl yeah for five minutes and only like three actions were taken in it that's it when my brain finally processed that like almost nothing had happened in that fight my brain just like shut down it was like no no (laughs) no no yeah because she like all it is is like claire shooting a couple times and then sliding under him and then it's that end part that's it but it took five minutes (laughs) (laughs) it's like what is happening um we then so wait where the hell am i oh we're now we're now we're now with the people who escaped down the pennywise hole so they're in the tunnel and everybody's reunited but no luther he gets sucked up into the freaking ceiling and you're like no i liked you why did you have to die we then have yeah we then see alice we then see everybody else get onto a boat and drive into the fog like dexter in the series finale fuck you dexter and your shitty series finale dexter's coming back though thank god uh but yeah we get that shot where they drive into the fog and we're finally at the arcadia and they find the plane the mustache man made it fuck you bennett they so they they find out that there are 2,000 possible survivors on this boat, and they're like, what the fuck? How? Uh, but guess what? This boat is run by Umbrella, and they've be fucked. And boy, oh boy, when you're designing a, a bad guy lair, uh, white is not the optimal color, all right? Everything hey. is so fucking white in this. I was like... <laughs> My God, yeah. I can't see. It is blindingly white Holy in the crap. whole thing. And it's just like, you're working with literal bio weapons. <laughs> and I can't see shit. Three dead humans. Oh, man. And you just, you went with white. Yep, they sure did. As an human i can't keep white white like oh no absolutely not white is the worst color ever i mean my walls are white but it's usually dark in here so you can't see anything if it's dirty <laughs> there's a reason i've got a backdrop <laughs> uh they so we find out that there are sur- the survivors that they took from the uh the helicopter and probably other survivors because there was two thousand survivors um and there definitely wasn't 2,000 survivors that made it to Alaska. Uh, they are put into like cryo chambers. And guess what? Kmart's there. Kmart's still part of this franchise because we yeah. saw her before in a flashback. So we find out she's good. And to be honest, I liked her character. So I was happy to see her back, even though she, uh, uh, trivia fact, uh, she does not speak at all in this movie. Except for in flashbacks from Extinction. She has zero lines in this movie. Is it 
a safe assumption to say that Kmart funded some of these movies? Like the store? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, please. That's where all just... their money went. Like, this is why yeah. they had to file for bankruptcy. Well, that's that's where all their money came from. Oh, man. <laughs> they were like, hey, Kmart, we'll put your... Like, they probably sent a letter to all the big giant box stores and were like, hey you want to be advertised in our movie as like the coolest advertisement ever. And they were like, Hmm. yes. Yes. Oh man. See, uh, so Alice uh, ventures off by herself and she finds some bloody chambers and she touches one of them and it like shows a flashback or something, some weird vision that I couldn't tell you what it, what it was. Uh, And then there's blood marks being dragged. Like there's, drag marks on the floor um and it's weird because when they show the entire room you don't see any of these blood streaks but once all the chambers go up then the blood shows up what okay yeah mm-hmm. interesting Makes sense, right? and who de- like i just want to know who designed this place like this place is just absolutely insane there is not a uh, it's white white and more white with no Not ulterior. Oh, that. maybe a little bit of red. Sorry, we got to put some little like red highlights somewhere. Like, Not, but how do you get like a three-story tall airline hangar inside of the ship that the Arcadia is? Oh man! How do you do that? I don't, I don't know. It's just crazy. We then she walks into the room uh, where there's uh, some zombies on tables. And guess what? Wesker sitting there all kingly on his throne. Oh, man. And then we see the zombie pooches. Guess what? You can't have a Resident Evil movie or game without zombie pooches. All right. But these are advanced zombie pooches because they 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 split in two and they have weird long teeth inside their split heads this shit is bonkers oh <sighs> oh yeah and mustache man is there too as he's got a gun up to alice and he looks fucked in. he looks really bad did, yeah, they, he's not- did, did he get bit and i missed it no they didn't show anything he just looks like shit okay and she says it too which i liked so i i think what happened was like Wesker was like, if you can get me, like, if you can bring Alice here, then, like, I'll make you the same as me. But the problem is, is that Wesker is the way he is because of his DNA, not because of the vaccine or the virus that he took. So So, we find out that Wesker has been injecting himself with the T-virus, but his body cannot control the T-virus as well as Alice's Alice was pure. Like the she, her body could fight the T virus and, but it also made her superhuman, which he is superhuman too, but the T virus is fighting back. And so he pretty much, he's like glitching out. And so she, he needs her blood so that he can control the T virus better for himself. Cause he pretty much wants to make himself a God. Uh, Alice then attacks him. Uh, or actually, no, she attacks, she fights with the dogs. Um, Chris and Claire show up and have a weird fight with Wesker as we continue to get so much slow motion. 
Uh, but we also talked about how this fight is reminiscent to fights in some of the games between Wesker and Chris Redfield. One of them was with the girl from five, and then one of them is with his sister. Yep. Weird. Uh, he but it, it, he gets Chris and Claire trapped in the chambers and starts to put them down so they can get frozen. Um, we get a really bad, like worst CG of this entire movie. Which, to be honest, every movie the CG has improved. I have to say, which is good because these movies keep coming. I mean, this movie came out eight years after the original Resident Evil. So like the fact that the CG looks better is good because if it were, looked the same or worse, what the fuck is going on here? It's going the right direction, but not fast enough. Yeah. Like there were definitely in every single year that these movies came out and all of every single movie has CGI in it. It's just, they've lessened it here and there and they realized that more is not best. Yeah. But like, if you turn back and you look at all the other movies that were made during that time, there is better CGI technology. Oh, yeah. But you also got to look at the budget, too. I mean, $60 million is a lot of money. Uh, yes. But if you look at something like Deadpool, uh, which came out in 2015, 2016, oh. the first Deadpool, uh, their budget was $57 million. And the CG yeah. is vastly better than any CG that I've seen so far in these movies. But the CG does get better in the Resident Evil movies. It wasn't terrible. They're really and to, and to be fair, the C, there's really not a lot of CG. This one had a lot of CG because there's especially with the Wesker fight because he's you know superhuman. And he's moving fast and like doing crazy things. And same with Alice. There's a lot of CG, but it looks doesn't look terrible. But it doesn't look great. But when she yeah. kills one of the dogs. It is some terrible CG. Like it like splits the dog in half and it just looks so bad. I was like, what happened yep. here? Did they run out of money on this scene and just said, well, we got do the best we can. Wow. Yeah. Like we got a 15 year old doing our CG. Yeah. <laughs> like, we also find out that Wesker has the weird tentacle tongue. Yes. Because, OK, we needed that. Great to and. Yeah, and then Kmart uh, comes in and knocks uh, Bennett out. We need Yay. that. We then get a dumb, dumb fucking scene of Wesker on the ground and Claire and Chris stand over him and proceed to shoot him fucking 20,000 times in the, in the chest. Why did none of your bullets go into his head? Right. Why didn't you spray his entire body to possibly make sure he's dead? No, we shot him all in the same exact spot. And it was some stupid, like, if anybody's seen Boondock Saints, they did it yeah. way better, where they usually, they stand over their victims, and they do their little prayer, and then they shoot. No, it's them standing over, like, it's supposed to be looking cool as they, like, continuously shoot him in his chest, and it's stupid. God the, damn it. What really got me is like, you know that zombies can't be killed unless they're shot in the head. Yeah. Unless you sever the spine from the brain. Listen, they had, the, yeah, they talked about this in Night of the Living Dead that came out in 1968, but still in 2010, at this time of this movie, we still don't remember this shit. Fucking nope. idiots. And despite the fact that they've lived through now, like, five years worth of zombie apocalypse they have all lived through. Yeah. So... But they don't know 
that like they have to remove the head from the spine because if that were me if i were any of these people my first reaction would be to just cut his head off and put that in a bag like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take it with me because as soon as it starts talking i'm gonna make sure to dissect it into enough pieces that it can't come back (laughs) well guess what we have two more movies so you can't do that to wesker yet because guess what he ain't dead he ends up locking bennett in a room with the zombies uh zombies killed bennett so goodbye you piece of shit um was it zombies or was it wesker did wesker kill him I think Wesker. Oh, that's him. right. That was what that. Yeah, because I said probably not, as he most likely killed that idiot. So yeah, Wesker yeah. ends up killing Bennett in the room because they lock Bennett in the room. Well, because Wesker also explains that like he he has to eat humans, like he has to feast on living flesh in order to keep the virus at bay as well as he does, and he needs to consume blood and like flesh in order to uh to heal himself and stuff like that too yeah so yeah we then uh, see that wesker's still alive he escapes in a chopper don't know how he got in front of them because they ran out way before he did but somehow he got in front of them stole a helicopter and just flew away before they even got to the hangar but alice was tricky and attached and threw uh one of the uh, a bomb inside the helicopter the only bomb. Yes. It flies away. Uh, Wesker's all like, yep, I'm good to go. And then he sees that the bomb's there, blows up the helicopter, and you you, you just gotta, I guess, assume that he's dead. He's not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Luther, we find out Luther's still alive. Doesn't explain how, but he I guess he fought off all those zombies, didn't get bit, but he's at the end of the tunnel doing like a cool like rocky moment there as he sees the helicopter explode and he's not far from the Arcadia. Alice proceeds to go to the radio and call out to all survivors like Optimus Prime did at the end of the Transformers movie. Calling all Autobots. If there are any survivors out there, we're here. Like, okay. Yep. But then and she just, the same thing that was already broadcasting. Yeah, right. She literally just it, I want to do it in my voice, though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to hear me. Yes. We then see all of the survivors just standing on the deck in their bright white outfits and then 9000 umbrella helicopters just come out of. Why did there need to be so many of them? I'm like, man, there are helicopters. Like, these things should be crashing into each other. My question is, (laughs) were they coming out there to kill Wesker? Or were they coming out there because they knew that Alice was there? I need to know. (laughs) I need to know. There's so many. We're coming out there. Like, I understand why there would be so many if they were coming to fight Wesker. Because Wesker has now injected himself and he's just wild and he's crazy and he's killing everybody but which that ship would have been more important to me as wesker than anything else because that is a pretty well unlimited supply of humans so why wouldn't you just try to just get rid of everybody 
If right. you can fly that plane, why not just get rid of all the live people on the ship? Nope. No, no. Instead, he flies off. But if they yep. were coming to fight Wesker, I can understand why they had so many. Because, like, you would need that many. But if they were coming to get Alice... <laughs> why? I don't and know. And how do you know there's she's there? so that? many. There's I literally just, a chopper for every survivor on that freaking ship. I'm like, there's it's like they're showing the scene like there are these choppers should be like crashing into each other. Why did they need so many? Close. Dumb. Those are some good pilots. Fantastic. Uh, we more. then see Jill Valentine again. Portrayed again by Sienna Gilroy, who played her in Resident Evil Apocalypse. So I like that they brought her back. But guess what? She's leading this army of umbrella soldiers or stars or whatever the fuck they are. Uh, but she has. But you see as she's walking with her very low cut shirt, because that's what you wear when you lead a when you lead. You're leading an army. That's the split of them, baby, because you got to see the spider bot that's on her chest. So she's being yeah. manipulated. So it's kind of a thing like she's being manipulated to do the thing, you know, to do this. Um, yeah. Oh, and she's blonde now. Yes. Okay. Which is in reference to Resident Evil 5. All right. And that is it. That is the end of Resident Evil Afterlife. Now, the way that this movie ends is definitely, I mean, they knew they were making another one. So they had to leave this open-ended. There was no really solid conclusion to this. Um, so, yay for two more of these. I just <sighs> keep getting further confused the more I watch these. I have more questions. I have more complaints. I have more unanswered questions that I know will never be answered. And so they're no longer questions, just kind of statements, vague statements that will never get me anywhere. And I just yeah. can't. Oh, boy. Uh, so the scene with Jill at the end of the movie was actually the first scene shot for the movie. Well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. During the filming of the movie, uh, Mila accidentally shot out a $100,000 camera. <laughs> How do you shoot out? I mean, must have, shot it with a, must have shot it with a blank or something. But like, Okay. Oh, Lord. I feel like that's something that they probably could have avoided had they actually tried, but, you know. Let's see. I just... I feel like I could have gone my entire life with never watching these movies, as I have up until this point. And I probably would have understood the movies better. Yeah. It's just it's just bonkers. Like I've said bonkers a lot in this show today because it is. If you've yeah. watched this through like it's not just watching this one. If you have watched the Resident Evil films from the beginning, from Resident Evil one to now. They do not connect. <laughs> they just they're just insane. They just get crazier and crazier. And I mean, it, it, this is not the only franchise that has done this. No. All right. No, so we can't. We, as much as we are bashing these movies, listen. I as 
as much as we're saying negative things about these films, this is definitely not the, the these aren't definitely the worst movies I've ever seen. But these, they're just bad for being a resident, for being having the name Resident Evil attached to them. Yes. These aren't the most unwatchable movies. No. They they really aren't. I like as much as I dislike them because I'm the game I'm I'm a game fan. It's not the movie fan. But they aren't unwatchable. They aren't particularly bad. Um the only reason I hurt from them is because of the fact that like I have such a focus on the lore from the mo- from the games. Yeah. And it's like you could have just asked, like anybody who had yeah. played those games to give you a TLDR and you would have had a better matching movie. And it's just a thing. <laughs> this whole this whole thing is just a thing. So in this movie, we finally got to see Claire re- wear her uh, game attire. She wears a red vest, which is her primary outfit in her game appearances. So I guess it's good that they finally put her in her game outfit, which is more, uh, which makes more sense than when they put Jill in her outfit in Apocalypse. Where you're like, what? This makes no sense. Why would you wear this? I understand it was in the game, but it didn't make sense in the game either. <laughs> yes. Like, well, it really didn't. She should have at least been oh. wearing shorts. Still pants would have been Yeah, but, you know, you gotta have, you gotta, it's just another thing of of movies making their main female characters very sexualized. Yeah. And it's still a problem today, but with, you know, everything that's going on, uh, it's not as, they don't make it as prominent um, unless It, it makes sense to the plot of the movie. It's but. getting a lot better on both fronts, on both video games and movies. Yeah. Um, compared to like what I remember as a kid, it's it is growing. It is moving past having to have them hypersexualized, but they still like pretty well have just one body type. There are several games and movies that don't conform to that. But overall, there is a body type for both of these g- genres, and they are both the same. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, look at Laura Croft in the original games. I mean, look at what she wore. You know, I mean, even though she was in a, a game series that were on PS1 that were very. It was kind of like use your imagination about how she looks, but she wore a tank top and booty shorts it made yeah. no sense when they redid her and she was very busty because that's what you need to do. That's how you're going to get guys, you know, people to play your game is just make the, you know, but, but then they redid the tomb Raider series to what we know now, like the tomb Raider from 2014, I believe is when it came out um, where she's, it makes more sense. She's wearing an outfit you would wear if you're in the jungle or if you're exploring something. Um, she's wearing, <laughs> yeah exactly so fans are me a lot because like it, yeah it's it's okay yeah. to change it's okay if like if the video game I, I mean it's it's cool that you threw back to what jill looked like in two or three sorry but you didn't need that in the movie we didn't know we got we got enough we got enough from alice in these movies <laughs> the where she's either outfit. wearing nothing or she's wearing something 
skin tight. <laughs> the the outfit that Claire had was very good. It was very practical. It made a lot of sense for her because like, yeah. okay, the world's desert. It's hot. You need something with a tank top. She wore the red vest. She had pants on. Like she had boots yep. on. It wasn't just. It wasn't like her weird red bodysuit that had like skin tight short shorts with the weird yeah. like it, snake. I think yeah. was the decal. Like it was a giant snake. In so, uh, was it Resident Evil Three the the remastered game that came out last year? <laughs> they changed her outfit completely, right, Jills? She wore the red, like it was like a bomber jacket or a leather, yep. like red leather jacket. She's she's got like the red leather jacket, a white t-shirt, and like moderately skinny jeans on. Yeah. And you can change it back to the original one, but the original one was like that weird bodysuit. And I was like, that is impractical for a zombie yeah. apocalypse. Hundred percent. Go to the bathroom with that thing on, you gotta take the whole thing off. Like <laughs> So the uh, final trivia I'm going to state in the show is uh, in the movie, the B.O.W.s or the bioorganic weapon that wields a heavy axe is called the Axeman in the movie. Never yeah, hear it, but he's got an axe. <laughs> yeah. But in Resident Evil 5, they were called executioners, which actually sounds cool. I don't know why you wouldn't just keep it that in this because he looks like one. He had the bag over his head. And he was holding pretty much an, an, an executioner's axe, which so why would why would you? Oh my god, whatever. All right, well that's it for trivia Ooh. for the plot. So now we're gonna get to the rankings, which I am very surprised we're only at the two hour mark of the show. I f- figured I was like, damn, after our almost hour long rants about everything, <laughs> not even related to the movie, we're finally. Short and it just doesn't happen because like it, it, listen nothing is going to beat the godzilla king of the monsters podcast that i had with dna and umbreon because when you have two when you have more than one you know expert of that field yeah it, it goes on for a long long time and I had a lot of fun in that show but three hours woo! try not to do that again uh all right so we're going to go through our rankings. Uh, our first ranking is the antagonists of the film, which is the bad guys for anybody who doesn't know what that means. Uh, right now, the standings are number one, Isaacs from Resident Evil Extinction. Number two, Spence in Red Queen from Resident Evil. And number three is Kane and Isaacs from Resident Evil Apocalypse. Where does Wesker go on the list of antagonists? Say Wesker would replace number three. Okay. I'd put Wesker way down there. Wesker and what's his face? I'm just gonna put Dude. Wesker because I don't. I'm not counting that guy as a villain. He sucked. He just sucked in every facet. He just was bad. All right, so that was easy. Uh, I'm gonna have yep. to put. I gotta put a uh, afterlife because I I know that Wesker returns. It, it, listen, even if you don't see the other movies. You know that Wesker comes back, so I got to make sure. I I there. A lot of the games, Wesker's and all, and pretty well all of them. Yeah. All right. So our new uh, rankings for antagonists of the Resident Evil franchise is number one, Isaac's Resident Evil Extinction. Two, Spence in Red Queen from from Resident Evil. Wesker in Resident Evil Afterlife, and number four, Kane and Isaac's from Resident Evil Apocalypse. And our next ranking is 
the Alice's. We rank Alice in every single movie because, like we've said in every episode of Resident Evil, uh, dissect uh, dissection of Resident Evil, we she's different. Well, I mean, she's the same person, but she's different in every movie. She does different stuff. Um, she right, different person in almost every movie, pretty much. Like, I'm surprised they didn't go with like her being a different clone every time. Yeah, but. She grows. And I feel like she like matures more in every every film. She's getting smarter. She's like she's more intimidating. Yeah. She doesn't like she's just not giving a shit anymore. Yep. So, I would. It's good. Like and she's having some very some. I guess character growth that yeah. isn't in the greatest direction as well but due to the circumstances it's super understandable so like with crystal being just absolute absolutely murdered and then she just turns around and she's like <gasps> yeah guns. she's like guns <laughs> yeah i Yay, love guns oh <laughs> um, like that's understandable she's now watched so many people die so many people leave so many people just never come back Yep. that you're desensitized to it. <clears throat> it would make sense that she would just be like, oh, that's sad. Guns! Yeah. Yeah. Guns are my friends. Oh. So, so right now, our Alice rankings are one, Alice from Apocalypse, two, Alice from Extinction, and three, Alice from Resident Evil 1. Where are we putting Alice from Afterlife? This is a tough one because as a person, this Alice is probably my favorite. She she is both severely aloof, but also she understands and wants to help. Mm -hmm. But she's not going to put herself out for it. Like at this point, she's no longer like, I'm going to help you survive. It's yeah, if I can, maybe. Yeah. Um, but on the same tone... She's supposed to be a human and she's doing just absolutely inhuman things. So if we ignored that, I would place her as my favorite Alice personality wise. Like I would rank her up at top one and her fighting is very good in this movie. Her action sequences are very good, albeit long. And like overall, I liked her a lot in this movie and she's probably the only reason i was able to watch it <laughs> all right well we got our answer for that then uh so our new alice rankings are alice from afterlife and number one number two alice from apocalypse number three alice from extinction and four alice from resident evil our final ranking for every show is the ranking of the resident evil film itself compared to all the others currently our list goes Number one, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Number two, Resident Evil. And number three, Resident Evil Extinction. Where does Resident Evil Afterlife rank amongst the others? Didn't know it could get worse. <laughs> I didn't know that you could take three series, three movies in an entire series, and absolutely not connect them to the fourth. Like, you have to actively try to not connect yourself to this series in order for these movies to not connect the way that this did. And 
For that, I both applaud them and hate them. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably my most disliked movie because I just had... I had so many more questions than I did in three. So many more. And none of them connected to anything. The world's supposed to be a desert, but also Alaska's perfectly fine. They don't explain anything about Tokyo in the beginning, other than Tokyo had an outbreak too, which is fine and dandy. But if you don't give us a time frame, what the fuck are we supposed to do with that info? Why? Like, why are we not supposed to assume that that is right now? (laughs) Right. So I would place it as my least favorite. Um, Yeah, I would place it as my least favorite because I just, it gave me an existential amount of dread watching it. Yeah, I I mean, there are aspects of this movie and I, and, you know, I I stated that this is definitely not my least favorite. Resident Evil movie so far, I think like the action set pieces and Alice and some of the side characters I liked more. I like Claire. Chris is kind of hit or miss. I liked Wesker more in this, even though he's batshit crazy. Like Wesker in this and then Wesker, of course, in Extinction. I mean, Wesker in Extinction was kind of just a, he was a hologram. You never really saw him. Um, So it definitely wasn't my uh I definitely think Extinction for me is my least favorite, or least, yeah, my least favorite because it just, I don't know, it just kind of sucked. If, if, if it being set in the I desert, them doing like a fucking ripoff of Mad Max in a really it, shitty way, and you didn't get much like zombies. It was more of the damn crows. Like we got that crow scene, which was just weird as fuck. Bad side characters, which most of them died. Like, I'm sorry people liked LJ. I'm glad that he didn't return. His girlfriend there, who was pointless. She, like I liked the characters more in this, except for Bennett. I thought he sucked big time. Yeah. I so yeah, like if I'm if I'm looking at I guess all the aspects of it, yeah. this one is like character wise and like you said, also action scene wise. This one was better than the last one because the last one was just a bunch of zip zopping around. And this one actually, for the most part, not constantly, but for the most part, you could understand the action scenes a lot better when they were doing their slow motion and their nonsense. And yeah, characters overall are also just a little bit better. It's like if this was where we had three this is about where four is for me. Yeah. It's not like, like vastly superior to three. They're all pretty close to being yeah. like on the same level. I would just, I, I just think extinction just didn't give me enough. And there was just so many things like I hated Isaacs and the, like his final, like him turning into the tyrant and Alice being yeah. able to get shut off. Like she's a damn robot. And then they don't like, they made her more mortal in this in this movie. They took that superpower thing away from her, but yet she was still able to do like things that were very questionable for somebody who's immortal. Um, but yeah, I would it, definitely not. I would definitely have Extinction still be last. I just think Extinction just was was boring. Just if somebody turned on two TVs in their house and they had Extinction playing on one, they had this one playing on this on another one. 
I would watch this one. <laughs> if I had to, like, yeah. I would, I would watch this one a, a second time. Yeah. Um, I hope I never see extinction again. So would you still like in this ranking, would you still put afterlife last? No, I'd, I'd put it second to last. Okay. That makes, uh, that makes me feel better. Cause I really didn't yeah. want to put afterlife after extinction. Cause Extinction is probably going to be the worst. And I know there's two other ones that are probably even more bonkers than this one. But I've, for me, I, I don't is like, like I said before, I, I can talk a lot of shit about this movie and prior movies, but I didn't like, I was watching yesterday for one, like I've said it before and I'll say it again. These movies aren't long. They're like an yeah. hour and a half. Every single one is like an hour and a half long, which is great. Because they're not overdoing it. There's a lot of action. And it, and to be honest, I like Alice. So I like seeing what she's going to do next. And, you know, with Claire there, I like, I like, I think Claire in this movie is better than she was in Extinction. Um, and, you know, Wesker was more of a more compelling villain, even though we voted him, you know, below Isaacs, which I don't know, whatever. Like, I, I liked Isaac's composition. Yeah. I should, like, as, as an entire rounded character, not just him and his acting, but, like, where he came from, why he was doing the things he was doing. I, I like his composition as a character. Wesker is, like, I need to see where he's going in order for me to like him more. Because there was actually so little of him in this movie. Yeah. That it's almost hard to be like, yes, he he is a good villain. His actor was pretty good. His character looked pretty good. And he acted the action scene pretty good for what it was. Because yeah. recreating something from the games is hard. Um, but... There was not enough development or intro to him for that matter. Cause like he just kind of showed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's one of those. I maybe in the next movie, I will like him a lot more just because he's going to be more of a focus in the next movie. Like he, I mean, he should be, but yeah. I don't know who knows. Maybe he'll show up in the last five minutes again and fly away. Yeah. <laughs> who knows this is gonna be an interesting final two weeks of this crazy adventure we've been on so after that our final rankings for at least for this week uh is number one resident evil apocalypse number two resident evil number three resident evil afterlife and number four resident evil extinction next week we'll be back here again same time same place to talk about the fifth film of this ridiculous fa uh, franchise. I can't even talk anymore. Uh, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil Retribution. Boy, oh boy. This movie came out almost 10 years. Actually, I think 10 years after the first one. This is one of the longest, like, consistent... Well, I... I, I say consistent with air quotes franchises that I think I've ever watched. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we will be talking about Resident Evil Retribution next week uh, live here uh, on this channel. Uh, if you knew, if you did not realize, I changed my name. I no longer go by the Parker XP anymore. So if you're confused why you had a live notification with a completely different name, uh, yeah, I changed it. So it is now twitch.tv slash mindofparker. Um, also, if you want to follow uh, me now on Twitter, it is now at mindofparker. And make sure you go follow Piggy as well at Piggy Whisperer Ryan. Not just on Twitter, but on Twitch. Uh, she streams uh, horror games all the time. Most so if you want to go watch uh, watch some of that, make sure you go over there and drop her a follow. Also, if you want to follow the Parker Chronicles podcast on Twitter, we are at Dissect That Film on Twitter. Um, I'm going to be posting like, you know, when the podcast goes live on podcast services, anything movie related uh, for franchises we might talk about in the future. Um, it's not just going to be about the podcast. It's going to be more like an entertainment news page as well. So make sure to go follow that. And also remember this show goes live at 7 a.m. Eastern time every Monday. Well, as long as we do the show on Sunday, it'll go live at 7 a.m. Eastern every Monday. So make sure to follow uh, the Parker Chronicles on whatever podcast service you listen to your podcast on. So I appreciate everybody who watches us live and I appreciate everybody who listens to us uh, on, on your headphones at your works or whatever you're doing in life. I appreciate oh. you. And make sure Listen. if you have any questions or notes or anything you want to tell me like, hey, why, you know, and or and there's any corrections if I said anything wrong during the show, because guess what? People make mistakes. Uh, sometimes information. I literally take trivia and stuff off of IMDb or Wikipedia. So if there's something that I didn't state that's an important fact to a movie, make sure to let me know so I can correct myself on the next show. Um, because listen, I'm not perfect. Uh, and I know I'm going to be making mistakes and there's a lot of things that is still in the works for this show. So just sit tight. All right. We're only 14 episodes into this thing. We got a long way to go, but I appreciate you all for being here. We'll see you next week. Piggy. Thanks for being here again. Anytime. And I hope you all have a wonderful night.